Welcome to The Jury Is Out, a podcast by and for trial lawyers looking for better ways to serve their clients. Your co-hosts are John Simon, founder of The Simon Law Firm, and St. Louis attorney Eric V. Welcome to the first episode of The Jury Is Out. Uh, I'm John Simon. I'm Eric Veith. This is our uh, first podcast, and I want to first tell you a little bit about who we are, and we'll get into not only who we are, but why are we doing this. Eric, you want to go first? Sure. I, I became a lawyer not knowing what to do with my philosophy degree in undergrad, but I wandered in, and the more I learned about it, the kinds of things you can do with a law degree I'm glad I went into the profession. I've been in for several decades now, and it's been great. And I tend to focus on appellate law, consumer law. I'm a solo practitioner now. I've been with firms over over the years, including with your firm, for 10 years, 10 great years working with you. And I'm John Simon. I have a law firm in St. Louis, Missouri. we got 13 attorneys and probably 40 or so support staff, and we do all litigation. And I've been doing litigation for the past 33 years or so overwhelmingly plaintiff's litigation, whether it's commercial or IP or mostly personal injury, medical malpractice, product liability. I have probably been lead counsel or, or, or handled over a thousand cases from beginning to end over my career. Those cases run the gamut from, as I said, commercial cases, antitrust cases, medical malpractice, product liability, and I probably have tried most any kind of case that's out there. And uh, I love what I do. Uh, one of the things is I look at the legal profession as being an attorney. So it's a wonderful privilege. And really, we are, we're counselors. We are problem solvers. We're there to deal with clients' issues and problems. They come to us, and their life may be upside down and have bad things happen to them, unfair things. And we try to help them pick up the pieces and, and move forward with their lives. And I love what I'm doing. As I said, I've been doing it 33 years I love working with the clients, working with the younger lawyers here. Every day is a challenge. Every case is something new. And I don't know what I would be doing other than, you know, doing what I'm doing. When you can help someone out and solve a problem, reframe a case, calm them down so that good communication can happen between the client and the attorney and then make sense of a difficult situation, that's really satisfying. The thing to me, and I've said this many times, I can't remember ever having a boring day at work in 33 years. And that's really something to be able to say that. I love what I'm doing. I can't wait to get into the office and and get to work in the morning. Every case is different. I personally don't work on the same types of cases all the time. One case may involve a laparoscopic procedure or surgery. The next case is, uh, you know, breach of contract claim. Another one may involve, you know, the design of of a crane or a product. And so it's always something different. I'm always learning. Every day I'm learning about something new, Uh, not only the people that you get to meet, but the substantive matter of the cases, wide variety. And it's just so fun to keep, you know, learning new things as you move forward in your career. It's better than TV. Every day you get to learn about a witness who has been involved in a difficult situation that you hadn't heard of before. And now we're going to figure it out together. You learn stories about real people. So this is not just a uh, profession where you are crunching problems, trying to figure things out, but it's a chance to really feel connected to your community by getting to know the people in the community. And that's a great part of this. And, and you know, we were, we were talking about why, you know, why are we doing this? And Eric, you teach at the law school, correct? I, I do. I teach at St. Louis U, and I also teach uh, once a year. I go over to Istanbul, Turkey, and I teach a law class there, but I love teaching, yeah. 
and same with me. I've been teaching at the law school, a trial practice a class, probably for 15 or 20 years. I give seminars a lot and work with the younger lawyers here at the firm. And that's part of what I enjoy the most is taking what I've learned over the years and passing it on to the younger lawyers. I think that's something that everybody needs to do. I learned from other lawyers who I worked with over the years. And really, there's an obligation to pass that information and knowledge on. That's how we learn. You know, I tell the students at the law school, you know, getting out of law school with a law degree is like somebody giving you a brand new car, a set of keys and a brand new car, and you've never driven before. So you get out and you're like, wow, you know, what, what do I do next? And I think unlike any other profession, I would say that trial practice is more on the job learning than any other profession I can imagine. I mean, most of what you need to learn, you didn't learn in law school, and you really learn on the job. And how much you learn and how effective you become as an attorney, I think, is primarily a result of who you're working with. Who are you learning from? Are they taking the time to actually teach you how to do things? And I was very, very lucky early on in my career. I got to work with some wonderful attorneys who actually, not only were they excellent attorneys, but they took the time to answer my questions. And I also learned a ton just watching them, you know, watching how they took a deposition or argued a motion or prepared for trial or cross-examined a witness. And I think most of what I've learned overwhelmingly is from other attorneys, watching other good lawyers, being mentored by other lawyers, and then finally by learning from your own mistakes. And I got to say, the learning from your own mistakes, those lessons are a little tougher to learn, but they stick with you a, a lot longer. You know, once you make a mistake, you know, you're likely not to make it again. So the object of this podcast is I know, I know for a fact that a lot of lawyers, some are out on their own. Uh, they don't have the advantage of working with someone to take the time to, to show them how to do things. And I think the practice has changed a lot since I started practicing 33, 34 years ago. Everything's more fast-paced. Everything's online. You've got the emails and the cell phones and filing things 24 hours a day in, in courts. And my observation is that there's less time for the teaching, the mentoring, to take your time and go to lunch with somebody and talk about a motion or talk about a trial that's coming up. And that's just critical. That's how we learn. And I think a lot of that is missing today. And that's why we decided to create this podcast. It's uh, something that we hope other attorneys, younger lawyers, older lawyers can get involved in, can listen to, can learn from. And the other thing too, I mean, this is a great learning experience for me. I can tell you that. I say that every year when I begin my course at the law school teaching, I learn as much from my students as I hope that they learned from me. This is a profession where you never stop learning. And all around town, there's attorneys gathered around the water coolers, if there are water coolers anymore, talking about, you know, what they do and how to do it better. And this is our version of that too. So for a wide variety of people, I hope this is something that they find interesting. Yeah. And the idea here is to talk about anything practice related. And it's primarily, we're talking about a trial practice, but there are many, many things that go into that beyond you do in the courtroom, trial preparation, client relations, case selection. It's wide open really at this point. And we'll talk about whatever issues we think are of interest to everybody out there and to other attorneys that we know. It's going to be an evolving project, of course, but we do have a common interest in trying to understand better of not what seems to work, but why it works. And we both seem to have an interest in cognitive science. We'll occasionally mention some things about why some things seem to work as 
commented by, by people who study these things. Hopefully we'll be bringing in a number of guests. I know we will be a number of guests who can also comment on, on these sorts of topics and have conversations with us, including judges and uh, other attorneys, people who have been involved in new important cases of the day. If a new appellate decision comes out that seems to be getting a lot of attention, we would like to bring the attorneys in and talk about that case with them. So this is not going to be just about you and me. We're hoping that this will be about drawing the community in as well and having good conversations about a wide variety of topics. And having some fun along the way. Yeah, I remember as a young lawyer, I would be up at court either arguing a motion or, or, or filing pleadings, and I would always wander into the first courtroom where a, where a trial was going on. And, and I did this my first year, second year, and I would spend hours sitting in a courtroom just watching. I'd watch a voir dire, I'd watch an opening, a direct and cross-examination. And the thing that was so amazing to me was I would notice every once in a while I would see an attorney and I would just say, wow, they were good. They were so effective. Everything was so smooth. And I could tell as a young lawyer in my first year, I could say, wow, this lawyer here is really, really good. They're doing a fantastic job. The other lawyer, maybe not so much, but I I didn't know why. I couldn't figure out why. And now, 33 years later, I've learned a little bit about the why side of it. I know what is effective. Anybody can see an attorney in action and say that, you know, this is very effective, this is very persuasive. But really, the why, why does it work? And that's really what I want to focus on in this podcast, is what are some of the things, not just what to do and and how we do things, how to cross-examine a witness, how to conduct a voir dire, how to get a juror off of a panel that you don't want on your case, but why it works, why it's effective. And I think that's what's missing in a lot of the the CLEs and a lot of the podcasts that are out there is looking past technique, but also talking about why that technique works and then expanding that into other techniques that also may be very effective. Is there anything wrong with taking a good idea you see somewhere else and adopting it in your own repertoire. Like, no, why would you reinvent the wheel all the time? When you go to court and you see other attorneys doing something that works, why not take that idea and use it, incorporate it with your own spin on it? So this is a profession that is where people are constantly borrowing from each other. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's how you become efficient. Not that you want to just you know rubber stamp your stuff with other people's ideas, but we share ideas, we build upon them, and that's how we become better. You learn by watching no question. And I remember one of the first cases that I tried where I was lead counsel, it was a medical malpractice case. And I was up against one of the top defense attorneys in town and probably 25 or so years older than me, way more experienced, probably tried a hundred or so, maybe 200 cases. And I just remember I did my voir dire and then my opponent got up and did a voir dire and it was one of the best things I'd ever heard and I found myself actually taking notes, <laughs> not, not only to assist me in the trial, but I mean, some of the things that he did, I use today. I learned so much over the years from my opponents, from attorneys that I've worked with. Some things work very well, other things not so much. As you said, Eric, you look at what other people have done and you take it and maybe not use it the exact same way. I mean, there, there are some things that other lawyers do or use or techniques that don't fit me. I'm just not comfortable with it and I don't, I don't do it. And over the years, I mean, I was told this many, many years ago when I, you know, as a young lawyer, you need to be the best version of you. 
I can't be Eric. I can't be the best version of somebody else because that's not me. So the idea is to take all of these ideas and techniques, and some of them you want to incorporate and use, and some of them maybe you don't, but take the ones that you're comfortable with and incorporate them into your toolbox of things that you can use. Yeah, you know, maybe this podcast will show what we're struggling with and what seems to work for us, but that seems to be the touchstone in all this is how to help your client by persuading. Yeah, and what I would sum it up is how to be a better trial lawyer, and really that's the end goal, and it covers a broad a spectrum of issues. And I think what we're going to try to do is present it so that it's useful and engaging for whether you're just starting out or whether you've been practicing for, for 30 years as I have. Topics including not only trial techniques, but professionalism, getting involved in the community, dealing with difficult attorneys. I mean, that's always a topic of interest. Different types of things that all of us encounter at one time or another in our practice. We had a chance, you and I, uh, when you were president of the bar, the local bar last year, we bounced a, a lot of ideas back and forth that went beyond the courtroom. For instance, the uh, ideas of professionalism, what it means to be a lawyer, the importance of serving underserved communities. A lot of folks can't, can't afford lawyers. So we, we won't limit our, our podcast to just what goes on in the courtroom. I think there's some big issues that are, are, that are compelling that go beyond the courtroom. Oh, I, I agree with you. Time management, work-life balance, health issues, you know, the civil justice system in general. There's all kinds of things that we can talk about. You know, one of the other things, too, not just providing useful information, interesting information, but to try to, you know, uplift uh, attorneys. You know, I, I think what we do is, is just, uh, I, I can't think of anything any, any more important than what attorneys do in, in our, you know, in our society, you know, enforcing the rule of law, contracts, advising businesses. But uh, in any event, I, I'm certainly looking forward to presenting these topics. And a topic we want to start off with in this first uh, podcast is uh, client relationships. You know, I absolutely believe there's nothing more important in your case than your client. You know, they are, they are the reason you're there. They are the case. I think they're your exhibit A in, in every case that you have. And I think it's very, very important to you know, establish a good relationship with your client. It really is a team effort, you know, going through litigation for two years or a year and a half. You really need to get off to a good start. It's a gift that keeps on giving. When you have a good relationship with your client and that client feels that they're a partner in the lawsuit and they know that they can call you and contact you and maybe ask a good question, they'll ask you things that you haven't considered. And they can be your partner for helping you brainstorm well, how would I prove X or Y? They might have an idea on that. These clients need you, and you can see the relief on their face. Like, I'm glad you're here for me. That's a great feeling. And, you know, I think you, you also have to remember that in most instances, the client is, is in your office because something has gone horribly, terribly wrong in their life. Now, whether it's losing a family member, a loved one, you know, an injury that keeps them from going back to work and supporting their family or losing a business. And they really are there in that state of mind to begin with. And you really have to gauge the, the client at, at that point. Some people are coming in and they're very emotional about stuff and it's hard to relive and talk about. I mean, they've already lived through it one, once. And I actually try to avoid having to, to going through it in too much detail in, in the beginning to just get the general information 
because it's actually, it's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't want to pursue a claim. They don't want to relive it. And I let them know, hey, look, I know there's a lot more detailed information that you, you want to tell me and that we're going to need to get, but I'm not going to put you through it right now. There'll be a time for that later. And, you know, we don't need to go through all of that again today. I just want to get some, some basic information. And maybe it's a matter of us doing some further investigation, gathering some medical records, you know, before we set up that next meeting. I handle a lot of class action cases, and it's a different, different type of situation than a catastrophic injury or a death case. I know you handle the big, the big tort cases. On a class action case, quite often the person is not distraught, but they're, they're aggravated. They, they got ripped off in some way or another. Usually the amount is not a great amount, but that conversation early on is it has a different kind of d- dynamic. And the thing that I'm looking for then is, will this person be what technically speaking is called an adequate plaintiff? In other words, will they be there for the class, just like I am their attorney? They serve almost like an attorney for the rest of the class, and I need to know that they are committed to representing those people, that they're all in the same boat, and that this plaintiff will take their, their job seriously, not sell out. So those sorts of interviews are, are interesting for me in that they're making sure that I'm trustworthy for them, and I'm doing the same back. I'm trying to discern whether those people will be there on the final day when things might be tempting to do something that will be detrimental to the class. And I think the other thing, too, is, you know, it's, it's hard for some people to open up and you need to let the client understand the importance of wide open communication, not just in that first meeting, but throughout the course of the case. And, you know, to, to emphasize that any information that's discussed is absolutely privileged and confidential, even if we decide not to take the case. Anything that you tell me, the other attorney can't ask you about it, the judge can't ask you about it, and to let them know that they can be open and honest and talk to me about anything. And, you know, I tell them, too, you know, if there's, if there's something that you think is bad or harmful to your case, the only time it's going to cause a problem is if I don't know about it. If I know about it, I can deal with it, whatever it is. I've had clients in first meetings who were convicted felons, for instance, and maybe spent some time in jail. You know, they're, they're reluctant to talk about that or tell me. You know, I just say, as long as I know about it, it's not a problem. I can deal with it. That's one of the benefits, too, of doing this as long as I've been doing it. I, I like to tell clients, and occasionally I'm wrong, not very often, but I tell them, look, there's, there's really nothing that you're going to tell me, I don't think, that I haven't heard before and haven't dealt with before. You know, rarely do you see something that's completely new and, and you haven't heard, had something close to that or know how to deal with it. So I think that's also part of making them comfortable and, and developing the relationship. I, I think the, more, the, the better approach is not to try to get too much done during that first meeting. I would say, you know, just set a good, good uh, groundwork for the relationship. Let them listen to them, uh, build a little bit of trust. Uh, let them know that they can confide in you and all that information is going to be kept absolutely confidential. And I think first and foremost, they need to trust you. That's not something that's done immediately. It may not be done in the first meeting, but it's something you always need to keep on your radar screen. And it starts with listening they have a story and they're in your office because they want to tell you that story. Sometimes we're in a hurry because what we're hearing, you know, we don't think may be relevant to the particular cause of action. You know, our, our mind is racing. We're trying to figure out venue. We're trying to figure out what the damages are, which are all good things to think about. You need to think about those. But first and foremost, I think at the first meeting, 
you just need to listen. Um, you're not going to get all the information from the client that you need at that first meeting anyway. And I tell them, I say, look, relax. Uh, this is just a start. If you miss something, that's okay. This isn't the last time that we're going to be talking about this. We're going to have many, many opportunities going forward to get more detail from you. We'll get records. We'll look at this more closely. The first meeting, I just want them to relax and know that I truly care about what they're telling me. Here's my candidate for the best way to ruin the client relationship is to rush the client through the interview. And that's tough because we have a lot going every day. We have a natural inclination to try to get to things quickly and wrap them up and move to the next thing. But this kills the client relationship. And there's no way to get past it other than to settle yourself down and make sure you're actively listening because they need to be heard. And if they're not being heard, they're not going to trust you. If you start dictating to them, here's what we're going to do, A, B, C, and they're not done talking, that hurts the relationship, that, that hurts the trust. And they are not sophisticated often in the law, so they're going to be saying things to you that might not really matter to your way of handling the lawsuit. There's a lot of other stuff that comes out, so that makes it tempting to cut them off and, and move on. But there's, a, there's an important part of this, listening, and that is forming a relationship which, again, I, I think of as the gift that keeps on giving because that person that trusts you will work with you much better all the way through the verdict, through the appeal. And if they don't trust you, that's going to make things twitchy all the way through. Yeah, I think you need to put them at ease. Certainly that first meeting, Eric, I agree with you 100%. Your focus needs to be 100% on that client. And you know, I've seen where somebody's got their cell phone and they, I mean, there's nothing worse than coming into a meeting with a client for the first time or any time with, with your phone, leave it at the, leave it somewhere else. You're basically telling them that whatever, whoever's calling is, is more important than what they have to say to you. It needs to be 100% complete attention, be a good listener and find out who they are, not just what they went through, but a little bit about their background. This is somebody that you're choosing to spend the next 24 months with in litigation. And you've got to be comfortable with them, and, and they've got to be comfortable with you. And it's teamwork, and it takes, you know, both the client and the attorney together to, to make it work. You know, I, I would say overall the, the bottom line is to develop trust with the client. And, Eric, you're, you know, the other thing you're talking about, too, fast forward, you know, to you're in the courtroom in the, in the second week of trial, and, you know, an offer is made or there's settlement negotiations going on. And the test, I think, of whether you've done a good job developing that trust with your client is whether they listen to you. But, you know, what a great feeling, you know, having worked with a client for, for a couple years on a case and, and gone through the ups and downs. And then at the end of the line, when decision time comes, almost every time, they'll, they'll turn and say, whatever you think. And boy, that that puts you know puts the pressure on you, obviously. But that's what you're there for. You know, you're there to tell them what you think, and then let them know the decision is is theirs. And whatever they decide, you're you're with them 100. percent You know, it's uh, obviously good to have this uh, relationship with a client because things often go well in trial, and then you can celebrate together. But they don't always go well, and sometimes things go badly, and there's a surprise, and uh, it doesn't work out, and. That's when it also is very important to have that relationship because I found that clients will then look at you when you have a good relationship with them and they'll say, you did a good job. You listened to me. Uh, I didn't feel left out of the process. We went forward together. Thank you for your work. And you, you will get 
heartfelt thanks, even when things don't work out, when you have a good relationship with that client. Yeah, and I think you need, you know, you also, at, at that first meeting, need to explain the process. And, you know, very few of my clients have gone through anything like a lawsuit before. For almost all of them, it's the first time. And, you know, you don't need to get into excruciating detail about uh, the nuances of a deposition and, you know, but just to explain the process. And, and I think also it's real important to let them know what their involvement is going to be day to day in that process. Their actual involvement is going to be a whole lot less, I think, than most of them think. Let them know what's coming. Uh, explain what the law is, uh, what the options are, what you're thinking at the, you know, at that point in time. And I think all of those things all go toward trust and confidence that you're trying to build in the client. If I, if I could give advice to any, you know, new young lawyer, the most important professional advice I would say is one thing, put your client's interest first. Put your client's interest before yours. And if you do that consistently throughout your career, you will be more successful than you could have imagined. Well, this concludes our first topic, and uh, I hope some of the information that we've talked about is helpful. It's a continuing conversation. This is part one. We're looking forward to uh, future episodes. Thank you for joining us. John and Eric would like to hear from you. They invite you to email your comments and suggestions to comments at thejuryisout.law. To learn more about the dedicated trial lawyers of the Simon Law Firm, visit simonlawpc.com.